You want to find your tribe of raving fans. I'm going to help you do it. This is the Digging Deep Podcast with 316 Media, where we help you do better business. Hey everybody, this is Justin Lamb, and you're watching episode, oh, what are we at today? I think we're at 12. Yeah, episode 12 uh, of Digging Deep, where we help business owners uh, do better business by exploring topics that uh, relate to everything business. Uh, today, I have a wonderful lady with me. Uh, she has uh, been an entrepreneur to celebrating 26 years in uh, business uh, now. She's had four businesses and sold her la uh, second business for um, a nice sum of a chunk of change is what I would imagine, um, as she's built that up to a 25-person company. Uh, she currently is focused on helping companies, uh, you know, find the right people and, you know, propel their organization forward from an HR perspective. Uh, please welcome, uh, you know, Angela Haidt uh, from Chrysalis uh, People Solutions, is it? And, and the Dream Team. Uh, dot solutions. So welcome, Angela. Thank you so much for joining me here today. Thanks, Justin. I'm looking forward to being here. <laughs> I am here. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. And so um, one of the big things that's happened uh, over this last little while, and you know, uh, your podcast is going to come out a little bit later um, as we have things in the queue. But you know, one of the things that's really locked down and shaken a lot of companies is uh, COVID-19. And, and we're still quite in the thick of it, at least in BC here, um, where, you know, we've been almost like the city's almost shut down. I mean, without, with, without a formal lockdown, I mean, we've been locked, uh, you know, in our houses and, and going cabin, getting cabin fever the last little while. Um, you know, how's that been for you? Interesting time. So what happened with my, my clients is that, I had two large clients that were um, coaching projects that were about to start. One was a five restaurant company. They went underground. And then the other one was a um, hospitality um, event kind of company. They had to let their entire team go. So it was like new projects just disappeared. And then my bread and butter, which has been recruitment for a long period of time, just went, again, everybody dropped off. Uncertain times, not going to hire at this point in time, right? So they all stopped. So that was kind of scary at first. And then, but one, one of my clients stuck around. So that was my IT client, which actually has three um, hires in it. So that was great. I went, okay. I got, and then recently I just got another um, new client that just started with me today. So, you know, work is still happening, but those first couple of weeks that everybody just kind of went and that was exactly it. That's the thing that I found with all of the people on my, um, all of my clients and all of my client contacts and all the people that I've been working with for the last few years all just kind of went shaky and kind of went, what's going on? What do we do? How do we handle this? That kind of thing. Yeah. And that sort of uncertainty is kind of an interesting play. Um, you know, we, we think of it as this is a pandemic and this happens, but the reality is, is, you know, stuff happens all the time in our business or in industry and marketplace. This just happens to be one that affected everybody all at once instead of in different parts of their business cycle. So, in your opinion, 
as a person who deals with HR issues um, and and the the recruitment process, how does being able to pivot and be able to you know be the employer? Um, what is the role that they play uh, in terms of trying to keep their team together and on track um, and not letting the the panic from the heavens uh, kind of shake the earth below them? Yeah, that's, that's, that's interesting because that's exactly what I'm writing right now. So I'm writing three blogs right now, which are all about this particular thing. Um, at the end of February, Time Magazine actually called the coronavirus the world's largest work from home experiment. Think about that for a second, because it was, it was like en masse, all of these companies went from everybody going into the office, some of them were prepared, others were told the next day, you're going in, you're working from home tomorrow, starting tomorrow, or starting on Monday. So all of a sudden, everybody got shipped over. And at the same time, we've got all this fear going on, like, you know, in terms of being infected, not having enough stuff, not having enough money, not knowing where things are going. So we're all in fear already. So here we've got a huge change that happened on masks in a really heightened fear section. And all the studies show that everything on change management shows you that change, if you want it to fail, have it happen abruptly and don't give a lot of people notice and then make it make them do it so those are the things that actually mean that change actually fails and we're right in that particular place so what we as leaders need to do is we need to actually address the fear as being the very first step in anything in terms of moving um, our businesses forward in any productivity that happens and that's probably one of the hardest things for um, managers in general to do because I mean, business in general have stayed away from emotional discussions, right? We try and keep that separate. We go, oh, this is business that's personal kind of thing. And yet there's no way to actually keep that separate right at this particular point in time. Because as human beings, we react to fear in one of three ways. We either run away, we fight, or we freeze. And when there's prolonged fear, what happens is we actually go through the cycles. Um, and go through all three of them over and over and over again. And because our brains are actually designed with fear in terms of having those responses, all of the blood kind of rushes to our muscles and everything and our adrenaline and everything like that and takes it away from rational thinking. So our entire brains are actually working on trying to figure out what information do we need, um, hypervigilance, um, obsession, assessing, because you're constantly looking for, do I need to run away or do I need to fight at this point in time? So there's no space, as I said. So unless a team leader or a manager actually addresses that fear, you can't really get a lot out of people because they might be there physically even, but their brains are actually still working on that kind of stuff, right? So the first step is actually acknowledging that there is fear there and giving people the airtime to actually say what it is so that you can work together to actually um, deal with that. Because if you're working from home right now or your company continues to work right now, you've got, you know, there's support in the sense that you've got a team of people that are there and you can all support each other. And we're starting to notice that, you know, with 
more and more social distancing and being apart from everybody else is very important for us to stay connected, right? And this allows us to actually do that in a work setting where you're all working towards a particular goal. So the three things that, um, uh, that a manager actually has to do in order to move them to there is they need to acknowledge the team and allow them to voice their fears. So that's the first step. The second one is to provide them with the reassurance and a path forward. So they're kind of thinking about it and going, okay, here's you know, what we're doing, what we're um, moving forward so that they have some sort of a vision of a much more controlled future. Because if you're, if you're in business right now and you have the opportunity to take your stuff um, online because you either offer your service or um, product either over the phone or um, you know, online, then it's easy for you to do, but you're still in a, in a particular team. But you do need to kind of step, okay, I lost my train of thought there. <laughs> Gonna edit that out. <laughs> no, we don't edit. It's a live show, honey. So, so let's go back to that then. Um, yeah, yeah. You know, if a if if leadership um, one has to provide a open forum for people to air uh, and to feel confidence, would that then lead to transparency um, and then taking charge and taking leadership and giving um, the individuals uh, or or, or the teams in question, uh, the, the, the carrot to, to, to move towards? Would that be a, a correct assumption? Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, first off, you got to give them the opportunity just to air it, to say, hey, this is what I'm afraid of. Yeah, and this so we've I established that part, and yeah. that would be the, the transparency and open forum. Yeah. So where we're at now is, you know, providing, uh, you know, true leadership, and that's you know, being able to to provide them uh, direction in, in times of turmoil, so that they know, you know, where they're heading, so that they're not rowing left, right, center, you know, yeah, and backwards, exactly. but they're rowing towards a, a particular piece. Exactly, and so that's where the point where you got to provide the vision, right, in terms of where you're going and why you're going there. So, I mean, if you've got a company that allows you to work off, you know, offline right now, then. Uh, or sorry, online, then basically what you're doing is you're offering them a way of saying, okay, this is how we're actually servicing our customers right now. We're offering them something that they need under these particular circumstances. And in order to get that done, we need to do these five things. So giving them a roadmap to say what the future looks like in uncertain times really brings down the anxiety that's there. Okay, so then what's the final piece of that equation? Um, giving the team opportunities to support, support each other. So, you know, some of the things that we typically do in teams in the workplace is we have, you know, weekly meetings, we have daily meetings, that kind of thing. We need to get those online and we need to set up the weekly meetings so that you offer everybody the opportunity to say, okay, this is where I am with regards to my steps that I need to do. This is where I'm running into challenges. And the challenges are not necessarily just um, work challenges right now. Because think about the whole idea of working from home in a social isolating situation where you've got your entire family members at home as well. And if your um, home space isn't actually set up for working from home, meaning you don't have private space, you don't have space from your kids, you don't have space from your spouse and extended family, and they're all interrupting you. These are all things that you need to kind of address in those actually weekly meetings to say, what are the actual challenges? 
Are they work challenges? Are they work environment challenges? So that you can actually deal with both of them in those meetings and then give other people in the group the opportunity to provide suggestions and ways of actually supporting each other. So the more you do that, the more you've got a cohesive team that's moving in one direction and you feel that support that everybody has. Hmm. Okay, so here's an interesting thought to, to that. So, you know, what you've described uh, in my world as, as I explained that to people in the marketing um, sector, uh, that relates to corporate culture. Um, and would you, would you stand to, to agree that you know, what you've explained here actually should be um, something that's implemented straight across the board, whether it was online and offline, but now people um, in corporations, uh, big and small, um, are challenged with actually having to face, um, you know, this, this beast of corporate culture and how to really provide leadership at this time. But, you know, this is something that's been missing in, you know, in many enterprises um, for, for a great, great number of years. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. I mean, and when you think about company culture, I mean, you're also thinking of, like, it's, you know, the workspace, it's the environment, it's, you know, do you have a foosball table in the game room? Do you have, you know, group space? Do you have whatever? So a lot of it's quite physical. Um, when you now, we now have a challenge of taking culture and giving it to individuals to carry within because they're not in a workspace together anymore. So you got to give them more and more opportunity to collaborate and to deal with each other. So culture becomes more a question of how you interact. So the behavior between the people that are um, on the team and how they actually interact with their customers. So it's the behavior piece, which is becoming much more um, important. It's always been important, but it's become even more important now as everybody's individually in their spaces. Okay, and so do you feel like, you know, there are companies who work virtually, um, who have strong corporate cultures prior to, you know, the pandemic uh, occurring. Yeah. And, and you were mentioning foosball tables and lunchrooms and things like that, where, you know, people can gather and congregate. Um, however, it, I don't personally believe that corporate culture is developed in that particular sense. I think a lot of it comes from the actions and the, um, the way management uh, or ownership uh, conducts themselves and it's an extension of that. So, I mean, you know, if you have a board, it's a collective of that board and or the leader of, of that board. Um, and if it's individual teams or a sole proprietor, you know, they're the ones who implement the culture. And that's, that's a byproduct of actions, but not necessarily interaction, um, you know, on a physical level. Yeah, totally. Now think about that. If you, is, if you're, I mean, you're talking about role models in terms of the, the leaders being role models. Think about that for a section. How, for like in terms of the remote world, how are you now going to model that behavior? Because some of the modeling of behavior is when you observe somebody, right, in terms of what they're actually doing. Then there's the words that they're saying, and then there's the written com um, information and stuff that's out there, right? I mean, right now you're actually being reduced by one because you don't have that visual interaction anymore right so you can't see what they're actually doing so you can't emulate what they're actually doing so now it becomes even more important in terms of how you interact when you do interact together and also more important in terms of what information you're providing people um you know written visual everything right video the whole shebang like really 
tapping into that internal marketing almost. Mm -hmm. And so that leads me to the next question would be then for those businesses that are completely shut down. So primarily in the hospitality uh, restaurant businesses where uh, many, many restaurants are uh, shut down and, or, you know, decimated to, to, to bare minimums, you know, what can those owners or um, managers of the, of the business do in a time where now they're, you know, all locked up at home and how can they, you know, prepare their people um, to come back, you know, to that workforce once this all lifts and still, you know, come back stronger and not feel like that they're, they're behind the eight ball all over again. Yeah. Well, I mean, there's a few things. It really comes down to the actual business and what they did for their people when they let them go. Um, so did they take care of them? I mean, I was talking to one business owner recently and, um, they basically paid off all of the credit card, any credit card debt that an employee had to make things a little bit easier for them to deal with this particular space and time. If your company has done things like that to take care of your people or paid them as long as possible, um, or set them up with the resources in order for them to get, um, money during this particular point in time that the government is offering, et cetera, et cetera. That helps a great deal in terms of reducing the anxiety that those people are doing. The other thing then is communication, right? Because, you know, if you let people go the, the, and you're dealing with your own stuff that you're dealing with and you're not continually communicating with those people, um, if you had a fantastic team before, the team starts to drift apart, right? Because there's no opportunity for people to, again, get involved with each other. So having communication regularly and doing some type of activities, even as a group, um, to continue to stay connected during that time. And, you know, you can do simple things like, you know, play some games and that kind of thing online, like using Zoom or, or that thing. So it's team building activities. We're just giving people an opportunity to share and see where they're at and what they need and how they can support each other again. Just those types of conversations would really make a big impact. And then when it comes closer to the point where you think things are actually going to shift and change and you're going to need them back, communicating in terms of how you're actually going to do that. So, you know, like, you know, if you're going to do it gradually, if you're going to do it all at once, if you think it's actually coming up and it's going to happen in, you know, a week, two weeks, whatever kind of thing, in terms of lifting those types of uh, barriers that we currently have to going back to work. So letting them know what that plan looks like and what that means for them so that they can, they can mentally prepare for the fact that they're actually going to be coming back and look forward to it because you're giving them an opportunity as well to, to then look at, okay, one of the things I'm actually finding quite interesting about this particular point in time is that it's, it's making people go inside and really rethink in terms of how they're actually offering their business to the world. So what that means is that, you know, some people who are not in the fear part of it are actually really considering how are they actually going to offer what they do? Is it changed what they're offering is? Are they moving more into closer to their passions or anything like that, right? So there's the whole new reinvention of what business is going to be about. You need to, if you have a great team and you want your team to come along, you're going to have to keep, um, bring them into the thinking of that. 
so that they can also think about how they want to contribute to that particular vision. So it, again, it offers you as a company leader to um, get that input and to hit the ground running immediately upon things shifting then. Yeah, I, I totally agree. And I think um, very rarely, I mean, business owners say it all the time. I don't have enough time. I don't have enough time. I don't have time. Well, now they have a lot of time on their hands. Um, and as such, when they have that time, they're able to now really like critically think about their business and not just sitting there putting out fires all day long. Um, they're able to, to take a look at the big fire, go, well, it's on fire. Um, but how can you pivot and how can you, you know, mitigate this in the future? And that starts that thinking process. Um, you know, the, it, it tells you how vulnerable your business is uh, in, in an environment like that. And I think the long game of that is businesses will come out stronger um, at the very end of it all. In the short term, you're gonna see a lot of people fall by the wayside. Um, and and as, as mean as it sounds, um, the reset actually will shake um, off a lot of people who are entrepreneurs. So people who did it because the economy was good and it was a good time to do it. Um, and just like every dog has its day, every every you know cycle has their legacy. Uh, that entrepreneurship uh, is being tested. That the 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 drive, the uh, mental uh, fortitude that goes along with it, and um, you know the the real leaders of of uh, that space will will show up at the end of it all. Um, so I think the industry as a whole gets stronger um, with a with a lot less diluting of, of you know businesses and services that you know were just for fun because the economy was good and it was good to turn an extra buck. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. And then I I always I mean what I'm inspired by is that if you do have those stronger businesses, they've actually dealt with some of these emotional issues that are involved in, um, in, in life, right? I mean, it's in business and it's in life and we've tried to separate it in the past and now we're bringing them back together. So you've got much more opportunity to have real, real connections at work and really working together on that full on basis. Like you're a full human being there, not just contributing a portion of your mind. It's all of you, right? So that to me is a kind of exciting because you've got a whole different way of actually approaching how people um, get stuff done. Mm -hmm. I think it'll uh, humanize uh, business again. Um, mm -hmm. Whereas I think it, it started to become very transactional and almost like an expectation that, you know, I provide you this and um, you give me money and I don't necessarily have to, you know, work on all the other bits and pieces that make your business um, really human and really relatable. Um, and I think in marketing, that's been a big buzzword over this last little while, it's authenticity uh, and being genuine. And I think that gets tested really heavily uh, under under fire when it's a pandemic and everybody has to then employ uh, or deploy, sorry, uh, that, uh, that empathy uh, and that compassion um, all while still being able to build and weather the business and be leaders for their teams it's it's a really big test of character um so i, th I think that's really important totally and what it also does is it obviously like when you're in that and you're experiencing it and you're doing it you're going to find all of your points of weakness right and if you're willing to actually look at those points of weakness 
and start to look at different ways of doing things to address them, again, we've got an opportunity to kind of reset at a much higher level as leaders, as business owners, you know, in general. Yeah, 100% agree. Um, so one of the things I like to ask um, our guests is, you know, what is a resource, something that uh, has has really made an impact on you, your business, or or, or in your world? It doesn't have to be related to your business. Um, you know, but what type of resource would you share with a person who might be listening to this uh, that could could really turn the tide or or make a pivot point for them? Hmm. Yeah. Well, I mean. For me, what I've been do, dealing with the fear, so how I've been dealing with the fear has been um, I've turned to yoga, meditation, and then reading. So the big piece for me is that I've been working with um, this group that's doing meditations, and we get a meditation every single week, um, and remembering to actually rise above the fear. So go from a place of the fear place, you know, where everything's kind of swirling around, getting into a calm place and going into our higher possibility or higher self, whatever way you want to look at that piece of it, but going up there and staying there because in that place, you actually get the ideas and you get the inspiration and you get everything that you need in order to move forward. Um, and the other thing that it does is the more time you spend in that place, it also calms down your fears around how things are going to look in the future, like the economic side of things, so that you can kind of relax and go, okay, things are moving forward. We just need to actually just ride out this particular wave that we're on right now. So that those are two things. Uh, the other thing is I've been reading. So one book I'm reading right now, it's called The Surrender Experiment. Um, um, Michael Sager is the, the author and very interesting guy. Um, huge owned like a multi multi-million dollar company at one point um down in the u.s is a yogi master um done meditation that kind of stuff and he basically goes through his story and his story is really about surrendering to life circumstances because what he discovered over a lifetime of doing that is that life always has a bigger opportunity for you than your limited mind will will allow for so if you actually surrender to it, even though you might be in fear that it's going to cause X, Y, and Z, um, what it does is it actually opens you up to something so much bigger than what you ever thought was possible for yourself. And I love that because it gives you a lot of hope in terms of saying, okay, let's see if we surrender to this particular experience that we're in right now. We'll ride it out, we'll get through, and we will be a lot stronger at the other end. Hmm, that's fair. Um, so... Thank you so much for coming on to the podcast today. I really appreciate it. Um, for those people who would like to learn more about uh, what you're able to offer and you know uh, a little bit more about the services, uh, where are they going to find you online? They're going to find me at dreamteam, all one word, dot solutions. Dreamteam.solutions. Perfect. And um, are you on any social platforms that they can link up with you at all? Um, also on LinkedIn and on Facebook. Perfectly. Perfect. Thank you, Angela, so much for joining me today. I uh, really appreciate you taking the time to, uh, to, to visit with me and uh, explore this. Thanks.